The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. Uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, so if you've got a Bible flip there, I found out last service that I had actually done my sermon notes using a translation that I'm test driving, so I'm going to read from the correct translation that will be on your screen, Mark chapter 4, verse 21, and, uh, and while you're flipping there, I need you to understand something about how Jesus taught. He taught in a way that was intentionally vague to get people's attention, and the people that pressed in more, he gave more information to. But part of his teaching is through parables, and we're going to look at some of them today. And they are not like what you would expect uh, from a sermon. If you go to any random church gathering across America, you'll generally get a, a fairly similar thing, especially if you, know, if you know which denomination you're going to. If you go to a, a Catholic church, you're going to kneel, rise, kneel, rise, recite. If you go to a Baptist church, it's going to be three songs, a sermon with three points, and then an offering prayer, and then maybe a song to benedict you out. If you go to a Presbyterian church, uh, there's going to be a, a very lofty prayer that ends with our Christ, our strength, and our Redeemer. If you go to Calvary Chapel, the people on stage are going to look like they could just have popped off of an album cover. If you go to a non-denominational church, you don't know what you're going to get. Because this morning we had some gospel singing. We had some elevation worship singing. And now... We're just going to keep it super, super simple because Jesus taught in a super, super simple way. So let's pray. We're going to head in. Lord, now we approach your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear your truths, not my words, your words, not my thoughts, your thoughts. And Father, I, I think of all of the needs to pray for in the chapel family. Lord, I thank you that Amanda came through her surgery and had the, the tumors on her thyroid removed. Lord, I thank you for uh, the victories in cancer treatment. Lord, we ask for comfort uh, for Miss Janet, uh, who passed away, uh, for her family, Lord, for her daughter, Brittany, and grandson, Gio, and, and her family, David and Val, uh, who are chapel family as well. Lord, be with them uh, this holiday season as they navigate life without their sister and mother and friend. And now, Lord, we're, we're going to jump in, and it's so simple. Today's message is so simple, God. I pray that that we would all be able to grasp it well and that we would stop playing the religious game of climbing a spiritual ladder, but we would finally discover the key to resting in you. In Jesus' name, all God's kids said. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Uh, I want to give you guys this whole sermon in one illustration. Are you guys ready? There's one illustration. Really, it's every sermon I've ever preached um, because it's talking about the kingdom being the light. So I need you to understand that anytime, if you come to the chapel, if you say, I want to be part of this chapel family, ideally, here's what every sermon is going to do. Are you ready? This is it. The lights are going to go out. Don't panic. There you go. Every message at the chapel has one aim, a sole aim, to make everything else in your life grow dim so that Jesus alone, plus twinkly, sparkly lights, because people decorate, Jesus alone stands brighter than anything else. Okay, lights back on. <coughs> this sermon is no different. So here we go. I love that. I love seeing just Jesus lit up. And, um, and by the way, for those of you who are using a Bible app, the Bible app screen is white. So when the lights went out, if I saw a white glow on your chin, that meant the Bible was on. Some of you had a blue glow, which means you were loading Facebook, you sinners. Okay. 
just as Papa Smurf, like, hey, hey. Jesus is up here like, oh, it's Facebook. I need my, my social media crack. You guys ready? Sorry. I, I get out of control second service. Verse 21, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. We're going to stop there for a minute. I I need you to understand that this is Jesus going into stories to teach us something about the kingdom of God. Many, many, many people believe that Christianity or any religion is about crossing the threshold. When you follow Jesus, you know you're no longer hellbound, but now you are heavenbound. And and so many people treat Christianity like a destination religion. We're going to heaven. We're going to get there one day. In fact, it's very very different from that. If you read the Bible, and especially if you read Jesus's teachings, he's constantly talking about the kingdom of God coming into you and down to earth and the kingdom of God growing in you. So At the core, Christianity is not about where we get to go. It's about this place in this kingdom called heaven actually coming into our lives and changing us from the inside out. And this is what he's getting at. He's saying that these teachings, they're bringing light into the world. And he's not going to leave it under a basket. He's going to put it on a stand. It needs to be seen. And then he says something very, very good for pastors like me uh, and for any pastor, really. Uh, He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus says, here's the, here's the message. I'm going to go into the message of what the kingdom of God was, is like. And if you can hear it, you can hear it. If you can't, you can't. And let me tell you why this is comforting. Because as a pastor, uh, I get to see people fail gloriously. And, and this is why all pastors I know, we all have these hobbies that we do. Um, I love, my hobbies are more like, not hobbies, are more like chores. I love mowing the lawn. Anyone else like mowing the lawn? <sighs> I love mowing. There's nothing better than a freshly mown lawn except for maybe a freshly pressure-washed driveway. Oh, that feeling when you you take the first pass through and you just see how clean of potential it can be. Now, here's why pastors like this kind of stuff. Because humans are messy. If I could pressure-wash your soul, I would, but I can't. Jesus says, some people will hear and some people won't. If you, if you listen carefully, then you'll hear. But if you're not listening, you won't. We've joked about this as we've been going through some of the parables because uh, it seems that in our culture, men distinctively have this ability to hear and not listen. Amen, women? Amen. Children can hear and not listen. I think that there's something in my house, it must be an unspoken rule, where children don't do what I say until I say it five times in escalating volume. Any other parents feel that? Go clean up your room. Go clean up. Go clean up your room. I mean, why did they make me do this? I don't know. If they did it the first time, I wouldn't have to turn into Batman every day. And here, Jesus says, I need you to listen. Because it's, for me, you guys, I'm going to sleep well, whether your lives are great and you're pressing into Jesus, loving the poor and loving others. And I'm also going to sleep if you don't listen and your lives unravel and you don't let the kingdom of God saturate into the soil of your heart. And that's what we're going to read now. Growing seed. 
Verse 26. These are, this, is, this is a Jesus sermon right here. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces itself by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. That is a whole Jesus sermon. Seed, sleep, 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 grain, harvest. This is how Jesus teaches what the kingdom of God is like. He doesn't break it down theologically. The kingdom of God is is when the Spirit of the Lord comes and indwells in you by faith in Christ for the propitiation of your sin and the redemptive history of blah, 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 Jesus' words. He says the kingdom of God is like uh, a man who scatters seed, and then he sleeps on it, and it grows. Because what we are addicted to in this culture, what we are addicted to as human beings, not just in this culture, humanity is addicted to trying to get our own way and make our own path, especially in America where the American dream is often confused with the Christian message. The Christian message is sow the good news of God's kingdom and sleep on it. The good news of God's kingdom is not if you are good enough, then God will love you. The good news, the seed of God's kingdom, the word of God is not God only helps those who help themselves. It is not that. The good news of God's kingdom is not if you follow the Ten Commandments, then God will accept you into heaven. <coughs> the good news is not these things. The good news is that we have an amazing grace in Jesus Christ who died for a wretch. And we don't use that word wretch enough. We really should use it more. I might use that at home. Is that okay, Jackson, if I use the word wretch? I'll say you're being wretched, children. You wretches. It's in our God, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a jacked-up, off-the-rails train wreck like you and like me. This is the good news, that God said, I see not just the part of you that you show the world, not just the part of you that you show your friends and family, not just the part of you that your spouse sees. I see all of you, the real you, the down-in-the-swamp you, and I still choose to love you. That's the seed that is planted. That's the seed that grows. Now, you can pretend to, and you can follow enough Christian rules to, to make it have the appearance of religion. You can trick and fool pretty much everybody, I think. But growth, when it happens, it's not done by you exerting yourself. It's done by simply planting seeds of God in your life and letting God cause the growth to come. <clears throat> we, don't want to, uh, we don't want to try to muscle our way into being super good Christians, although people do. My brother, my middle brother, Trent, um, thankfully, he didn't come today, so I can make fun of him all I want. He's, we're different. He's 5'8". He's super strong. He's one of these guys, guys you'll understand, he's got like 17 abs. Um, and he works out all the time. He goes over to crunch. And I obviously have the exact same physique as him. Just total strength in lifting. And he's all the time, he says, dude, Ryan, come live with me. Come, come to the gym with me, man. And I say, No. And he said, dude, come on, we'll do leg day together. And I'm like, dude, I've gone to the gym enough to know that you're trapping me. I know what leg day does. And, and I tell him all the time, it's not fair, dude. You're 5'8". A squat for you is like two inches. A squat for me is like three feet. I got to go all the way down, all the way up. 
He's like, dude, just come on, man. Fine, we'll do chest day. We'll do chest day. And I'm like, bro, same problem. You're five foot eight. Your arms are six inches long. You benching is like this. I got to go all the way up and all the way down. I want to bench with a, a six foot nine guy who weighs a buck nothing so that I can feel manly. I'm not going to go bench with Thor. But so often, he, he'll go and he'll sweat it out and he'll, he gets that whatever it's called, the pump. I don't know what that means. Some of you I could tell knows what that means. I don't know what it means, the pump. But some of you think that spirituality works this way, that you're like, oh, you know what? I've had so much anxiety. I've been worrying about everything. Some of you know, some of you are like, I am the worrier. And if you're like, that's not me, but your spouse is like pointing at you, then that's you. You worry. You worry all the way through the holidays. And you think, I need, I need peace. I'm going to go find a book called 10 Steps to Peace. I'll tell you what, fam. If there was a book called 10 Steps to Peace, we'd all have peace. We'd follow the steps. This is why when I go to churches, when I'm visiting other places where I don't get to do very often, anytime a pastor starts to put something out, and don't judge me, I'm judging them, okay? And it says, blank number of steps to fill in the blank. Five steps to a healthy marriage. Ten steps to great loving children. I'm like, lies, lies, lies. You want to know how I know? I've tried all of these. And I don't have children that always obey me. If there was steps for it, then I would do the steps and it would work. If there was steps to make it so that your spouse basically just did all that you wanted and you did all, and it was a beautiful relationship, don't you think that book would actually be a bestseller forever? If there was one, I mean, that's the, I'm at that phase of life where I've got 10, 7, 5, 0 kids. And I've got my wife. That's the phase we're at. It's like uh, pre-puberty and pooping their pants. That's not the same kid, B BTW. Um. The, the, and then I got my wife and, and if, you, if you're in that phase with me if you're near that phase if you've been through that phase you know that like obviously having four other sinners living with you in a marriage makes a marriage easier right? wrong if there were steps for this if I could exert peace into my life I would but I can't if you could exert less anger wouldn't that be great? but try that Try to be like, I'm going to be less angry today. You're going to be good if you're like a type A, super driven. You're going to be golden for like a day and a half. A day and a half. And then something ridiculous is going to happen. You're going to blow up and you're going to be like, oh, oh I got blew up on the kid. I got so mad at my wife. I'm, just, I'm such a bad person. Yes, you are. But that's where you have to stop and think, but wait, if I'm a bad person and I see it, the good news is that Jesus loves me despite me. His one-way love is coming at me. It has nothing to do with me. He's not waiting for me to finally reach this place where I understand him perfectly because none of us will. He's saying, I love you. You're going to mess up, and I'm here for you still. Your spouse may not like you. Your kids may not like you. Your neighbors may think you're the worst neighbor on the block, but I will still love you. Come to me. Believe in me. Put my seed of, of truth in you and let it grow. It grows simply. It grows naturally. It grows organically. Do not force the growth. That same brother of mine, Trent, has a son. He's a week older than Bella. Bella is my uh, young child, my baby. Odin is his name. And I told Trent, I said, dude, if, if your son doesn't name his son Thor, it's a waste of a name of Odin. Um, that's just for you comic nerds out there. Odin is, is younger than Bella, or older than Bella by a week. The kid can roll like you'd never believe. Five months old, and he, he's got it down. He's got the ergonomics. Uh, when Bella rolls over, her, her hands are like this, 
and she tries to roll over, and she doesn't lift her arm up, so she rolls on her arm, and then she's stuck. And then she rolls back over. Only a week apart, Odin's like, I want to get over there. And he'll put an arm up, and he'll roll. Now, if you haven't been able to tell from my sermon illustrations, my brothers and I are very competitive. Okay? He's the strong one. I'm the good-looking, smart one, which shows you how ugly and dumb they are. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm going to get Bella. I'm going to get Bella to catch up with Odin because I can't have this, this division here. And I've done this with all of my kids. Okay, I'm going to teach you how to roll. So I put Bella's arm up and I roll her. Just, <laughs> just sounds like you're unrolling a rug. <laughs> and I don't do it with my brother's around. I don't want him to know that I'm trying to accelerate the growth process. And then it's going to happen sooner than later because it happens in the blink of an eye. Bella's going to finally be able to roll over and not be such a lazy girl. And then I'm going to be like, now it's time to crawl. So I'm going to, as soon as she can push her front part up, I'm going to put her knees up under her. And only you in your 30s are going to get this. I'm going to, like one of those cars where you'd wind the wheels back and let it go. I'm going to do that to my daughter. Go. Because I have to have her grow faster than Odin. And then she's going to get those legs under her. And every kid we've done this with, my wife says the same thing. I put them on their feet prematurely. And from the kitchen, you can hear the soft, faint, faint voice of She-Hulk screaming, you're going to make our children bow-legged. By the way, none of them are bow-legged, and I've done this with all of them because I want to get her to stand early. And I want to get her to walk. And, and I, you parents, some of you are nice. What I do is I, I t tip the back of their head forward because that's how walking works. Their head is not proportional to the body. So if I just flick them in the back of the head, they're going to face plant unless they walk. So I just keep pushing the back of their head until they walk. And now you're like, oh, no joke. This is the exact same th thing that we do with spiritual growth. We, we try to force things in. Like, ah, oh, I just want to be kinder. Let's do a Bible study on kindness. Try that. <laughs> that's, that's you trying to wind yourself up for the crawl. We need less in the church. We need less advice. We have too much advice and not enough news. Advice is do this and then something will happen. News is this is what Jesus has done for you. Drive it into your heart. Drive the news into your heart of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because when he says to you husbands, love your wife like I love the church. And all you've been doing is driving. How much does Jesus love the church? He died for us while we were sinners. What, what, is, what is the good news? Is that no matter what I've done in my past, no matter what I'm doing in my presence, I can still be loved by God? Seriously? Yes, seriously. Drive that in and let that begin to change you. And it's not going to change you overnight. As much as I want to accelerate the movement of my daughter, the reality is this right now. Um, my daughter is like me, and Odin is like my brother Trent. Odin is spinning around, and the most my daughter could do is just look over at him and spit up. <laughs> Some of us are going to grow at different paces. Some of us are going to be Bella spiritually. Someone's going to come to know Jesus Man, they're going to be all into the Bible. They're going to listen to sermons every day on their way to work and back. They're going to be tearing through it. And you're going to have been walking with Jesus for 10 years, and you're just over there looking at them like, ah. Because it's, it's a natural growing process. Some plants grow faster than other plants. 
but they will grow if it's the seed of God's word planted in you. If it's the good news of what Jesus has done and you're putting it in each area of your life, it will grow and it will grow beyond what you expect. Verse 30 of Mark 4. He said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. He goes to this next story. Seeds will grow. You don't have to exert it. You just plant the seeds, sleep, and let it grow. And then he says, when the seed of God grows in you, it starts small and it grows big. It grows so big, it overshadows all of the other things. There is a supernatural growth. If, you, if you're wondering, am I, do I have this kingdom of God thing in me? Have you seen slow, progressive, supernatural growth? If you haven't, if you've just shot up and then died down, shot up and died down, you might be actually a weed. Just You get excited about something for a second, then you die down. We're all in process. We're all in process, and, and things are changing in all of us. I, um, I judge people super harshly while driving. I call them Florida drivers. God is slowly growing it out of me. This past week, I was going to the hospital um, to visit Miss Janet, uh, who passed away, and, her, and, the, and the daughter who was there. And, uh, and I was going on, on B- Big Ben, and I was turning left into St. Joe's South Hospital, and there was one car in front of me, one car, a van. We're going to call her Florida Fanny. And, uh, and the light went green, bing, and we're turning. <laughs> Florida Fanny misses the median on the correct side. Florida Fanny is going down the oncoming traffic way, and there's a curb median, okay? It's not, like, it's not like you can just come back over the double yellow lines. No, it's like a double yellow curb with grass in the middle. So she goes over, and this is your pastor. What an idiot. I can't believe she's going down the wrong way. Someone's going to die. I got to get out my phone and film this so that if they don't die, I'm going to kill someone over here. So this is how dumb I am, judging them for being dumb, driving with my knees while Instagram storying this person driving down the wrong way of the road. There's construction, cranes over here, whatever, on these apartments. And I'm like, somebody's going to die over there. Not paying attention to this at all. Idiot, Ryan. I'm literally judging someone for being dumb while I'm doing the exact same dumb thing. Now, granted, I was on the right side of the road, so (laughs) I get some more bonus points. They turned into the hospital. I promptly did not go close to where they parked for obvious reasons. But, But this idea of the mustard seed starting small and then growing big, don't compare your growth in Christ to someone next to you or around you. We have a really bad habit of ranking our sins as not as bad and other sins as much worse than our own. We have a really bad habit of ranking certain sins as supremely evil and some sins as less. I'm going to prove it right now. How many of you guys had a good Thanksgiving meal? By show of hands, how many of you guys have leftovers? 
Leftovers, bunch of quitters on this side of the room, bunch of quitters. Good job over here, guys. No leftovers or liars, one of the two. I had a bunch of leftovers. And the church will tell you, don't lust, man. Lust is bad. It'll break down your marriage. It'll disintegrate your ability to have intimacy in friendships and other relationships with your spouse, etc. We'll tell you in churches, man, don't get drunk. Don't drink too much wine. Uh, don't, don't do that. It's bad for you. On s- Thursday morning, here's me. We wake up, family tradition. We have bagels, cream cheese, and lox. And then we have mimosas. If you're Baptist, just insert non-alcoholic mimosas. That's all I drink are non-alcoholic mimosas. So we were drinking mimosas, eating bagels. We take a nap. We re-bagel, re-mimosa. And we start snacking on any food that's already partially done. Can't touch the pies. Those are off limits till after. We get a bird that's about three times too big for the number of people at the table. And I'm literally already full as I'm cutting it and just like snacking out all the dark meat because my family is a bunch of dark meat eaters and I got to beat them to it. So I'm full when I sit down and then I get a plate because you still have to put the plate where you could do the, the mashed potatoes and then the stuffing overlaps on those and the turkey overlaps on those and the cream corns over here. And then you just put all of the gravy on there. You just say, Lord, protect my arteries in Jesus' name. We did that. All of us. I don't know how many churches are doing this, but I'm just going to point out that in the Bible it talks about a sin called gluttony. <laughs> like, what if I just gave us all a different sin to take a day off on? Okay, you guys, and, uh, and if you're not Catholic, I know you Catholics are thinking, wait a second, we do have that day. For normal people, we try to not sin 365 days of the year. But what if there was like random days off, like, uh, oh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. It is not sinful to drink green beer on that day alone. Or on the 4th of July, feel free to shoot fireworks at the people you hate most. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. But on Thanksgiving, we're like, hey, free pass on gluttony. And everyone here is thinking, what is gluttony? Gluttony is when you eat past what you need. Now, the Bible doesn't give us rules just to stomp out our fun. God's not looking down from heaven and saying, what gives them the most fun? Ha, 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 ha. That's not Christianity. But that's how people live in Christianity. Let me ask you, people who have been following Jesus for a long time, honestly, don't answer me, but answer in your brain. Are you freer now than you were before Christ? Are you able to be more authentic, more yourself than you were before you met Christ, because the Bible says that the truth will set you free. Galatians 1 says it is for freedom that Christ came. Yet so often, Christianity, as it's been taught, has been a shackler of people, not a freer of people. There's a reason why when you press the good news of God's seed into your life, it can cause you to grow from a tiny seed to a massive tree, because it sets you free from having to get the approval or acceptance of anyone else around you. It sets you free from needing someone else to love you because you know that you are loved no matter what you do, no matter who you are. When you have that sort of security of God's love on you because of Christ's death on the cross, you can be free. You won't compare yourself to others. You won't have this constant game of what you can show people and what you have to hide from people. Hopefully you can be open and honest with your spouse and hopefully they will still love you and give you just a tiniest sliver of glimpse of God's love for you. Because when the tiniest amount of God's 
word, the good news of Jesus, that he lived a life that you could not live. He died the death you deserve to die, and he rose from the dead for you because he loves you. When you drive that into different areas of your life, your work, your home life, your parenting, your relationships, your dating life, your school life, whatever it is, you, you remind yourself that when you get a bad grade in school, students, Jesus still loves you. I joke around mostly with Jackson because he's my oldest and grades like matter at that age. Um, and I'm half Asian, so I, I'm constantly putting that Asian pressure on him. He came home, and he, he was so jazzed to show me his report card. He's like, Daddy, I got my report card. It was all A's and a B, and he knows that I give him grace. But because I'm Asian and I like to joke around about being Asian, I looked at that report card, and I didn't smile because I knew it was going to be pretty good. And I scowled. I said, a B? B is for below average. And you should have just seen his face drop, my wife's face go to shock and awe. Like they haven't lived with me their whole, like this whole time. Like obviously I'm being ridiculous. But no, C stands for can't come home, okay? Uh, D stands for die. Oh no, sorry, 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 I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, this, is not, this is not how God works. God says, I, I see your F and I give you my son's A. I see your failure in the way that you rage, and I give you my son's perfect peace. I see your failure in your lack of self-control on Thanksgiving, especially this side, because you have no leftovers. <laughs> gluttons, self-controlled. This side, no leftover people, gluttons, people who eat beyond what you need and measure, people who drink alcoholic mimosas. It's this side. God loves you. This side, who wasn't getting scolded because you feel good about how self-controlled you were. You're, you're filled with pride. That's a sin. <laughs> God loves you too. Are you getting the picture of what the good news of Jesus can do in our hearts? When we have this security of who God is and what he has given to us, this whole thing becomes less about good advice, 10 steps, 5 steps, 7 steps to whatever, and more about I'm going to get the good news of God's kingdom in every area of my life, and I'm just going to let it grow. I might not grow as fast as them because some of you might be the Bella. You might look over at Odin who's flying through spirituality and just go, bah. let's pray because I always wanted to end a sermon on that. Father, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me, Lord, that you are so gracious with us. You, some, of, some of us in here who are constant rebels who run from you, who fight against wanting to submit to you, Lord, you're so gracious that you would pursue us and that you would throw good news upon us regardless of our foolish choices. And Lord, for those of us in here who have been walking with you for a long time, but feel less free now than we did when, before we came into this thing, Lord, help, help, help us to be free. Those in here who are the religious God, like, like I can be. Help us to remember that it's nothing to do with how good we are and all to do with how good you are. And let that truth change us slowly and surely into ambassadors of your kingdom so that those around us can come and find shade and refuge in its branches. In Jesus' name, amen.